What are you afraid of? Scared you go there and find out that he doesn't love you anymore, honey. You can't control that. The only thing you can control is how you feel. Not how you feel, but how you deal with what you feel that is real. You've got to relax, relate, and release into reality. What was that like, being in therapy? Uh, Were you, what did you talk about that you had never acknowledged to yourself or talked talk? I grew so much from the experience. But I think the most important thing I got is that everything is connected. I mean, if I have a problem, I usually just go to church, give me some Jesus, <laughs> and I'm cool. Welcome back to another episode of Black and Therapy. We are discussing journeys, dismantling myths, and discovering our truths. It's Sarah Ashley here with my dope co-host. What's up, y'all? Donna here. Y'all gotta forgive us. We haven't recorded with each other. This is the first time I'm seeing you. What? Did we, we see each other this year? Since you came back from Houston? Yeah, we saw each other yesterday, sis. Oh, we did see each other yeah, yesterday. Yeah, forgive her, her mind because we definitely saw well, each other Well, honestly, yesterday. I haven't seen Donna. Prior to this, I haven't seen Donna in weeks i want the sundays is what they used to say it's been two weeks we didn't record in two weeks um and we'll get into that later about why we had a little baby hiatus it really wasn't our fault at all um if it was up to us of course we would be with y'all every week but um you know some things happen and we back now though we are we are we got some added some more uh Accomplishments. <laughs> small wins. To ourselves. Small Y'all wins. Y'all know. Progress, not perfection. Small wins is two of our things that we always promote in here. So I feel like we got a lot to share. So let's just jump into it. Let's go. We got a story to tell. Your story no, first. sis, you going first. Absolutely not. You already know how it go. Donna, Donna has a, a bigger story to tell than I do. I don't really... Donna, I don't think I got a real story to tell. You do have a story to tell. About what? What you mean? You've been working. You A lot has been going on in the media, in Philly. You got stories to tell. Um, okay. I feel like you should go first, though. <laughs> Okay. I feel like you have the bigger story. I mean, I feel like we could talk about, we could talk about, you want to talk about current events? We could talk about those things. I feel like I don't have a specific story to tell this week. But let I me mean, tell y'all about my story then, since Sarah you. don't want to tell. I mean, help me refresh my memory. Did we talk about something that you... Um... I, I know I got the truth. Okay. Story okay, is well, different. Let me tell y'all about my story. So, I am... Y'all know we, we therapy advocates. And one of my forms of... Therapy and self-care is travel. I'm going to get on the plane. My mom always say, you're going to jump in the, on the plane in a heartbeat. I will get on the plane. I will see y'all later. I will go somewhere safely, of course, because we're still in a pandemic. Um, I need a break. I need breaks. I need naps. I need breaks. So my friends um, decided that we were going to go to a city in the States that we never been to. We went to Houston. We went to Houston, Valentine's Day weekend. It was a girl's trip. It was so much fun. When I tell y'all, it was so much fun. It was so nice. Um, 
like us being together um my friends they work in um they work from home so a lot of times we just need that break because we're work 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 working in the house um so it was really good and i got caught in the winter houston storm is that what they call it the houston texas storm the storm of the 2021 of Houston. I don't know what they called it. All I know is it was a smidge of snow on the ground, but it was trapped, y'all. And if you've been watching the news or if you've seen anything online um, on CNN or World News, if you're not from Texas, you know that the power was out. People lost homes. The water pipes were bursting in homes and in hotels. Um, some people did have a lot of snow. In Houston, it wasn't a lot of snow where we was at. It was barely snow. And I'm from Philly. And I'm, like, looking outside, like, but it ain't no snow. So, we got caught in in the storm. And what I mean by caught is that there were no Ubers. Planes were not flying out. We were supposed to leave. It didn't leave to five days later. Five days. So, that's that's why we didn't record. That's kind of what I've been going going through. Um, I was able to work. A couple of us was able to work um, while we were there. And, I mean, vacation time for me is always like a time of reflection. So, like, it was just additional time to kind of reflect. Um, and I wrote a post about it on Instagram, which, <laughs> listen, me and Sarah went back and forth about this post that I made. Because you know why, y'all? <laughs> Donna was like, I am going to share about my experience in Dallas. I'm going to talk about Houston, Houston wherever he was at. She was away from Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was about to say away from me, but I didn't want to see him territory. <laughs> <laughs> she was away from me, somewhere, whatever the hell she was at. Um, and so the post that Donna said she was going to share, because that is a, a story that we have to tell. We have to honor Mr. Walt in this um, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that she said she was going to share in this post, when I looked at the post that she posted, it had nothing in it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to like the post or anything until you post what you told me you were going to post because I'm trying to push Donna into the space where she can share openly about and be vulnerable about, about vulnerable about what she's going through. Um, and so she finally posted what she said. I did. So I did modify it. I still did modify it and took out, I think I took out like a paragraph or so um, of the post that I made. So in, in a, basically in a post, y'all know how Instagram kind of like, um business pages and content creators and they'll post like you know a story under the picture right so i'm not real i'm a a caption type of person not really a story type of person because again i'm a private person i just feel like i don't need to say much like this is for pictures but i do realize that i like to write and this is something that i've never shared before but i'm a writer like i like to write um and i've always been that way like i used to write poetry i used to write stuff out all the time when i was a kid so I am a big writer and I like like I like to write posts like it was enjoyable for me to write that post out but I just maybe I just feel like the audience that I have on Instagram is not the people that I want to be writing to but then it's just like I don't want to make a whole nother Instagram like you know so I kind of battle with that too because I feel like the people that follow me and I follow are not people who um want to read that type of stuff and the post pretty much was saying how you know, despite being stuck in this winter storm, despite, you know, having to spend all this, well, I didn't exactly say this, but I had to spend, obviously, I had to pay for what, four or five more nights at a hotel, um, pay for food, you know, food was running out, food was limited, um, we were freezing, um, despite all of that, like, I didn't, like, it didn't really knock me down, like, I didn't feel down, depressed, stressed, like, I just felt like, 
Like I didn't never, I never lost hope. So I just felt like, you know, I'm just going to take this as a learning experience. I'm going to do some more evaluating my life. I'm going to do some more planning. Um, and I wrote that. And I also um, dealt with some other things that same week. Um, and me and Sarah will get into the fact that we did lose, a, um, we lost a classmate um, of Lincoln University class of 2020 um, master's in counseling. We did lose a classmate that week. Um, and someone who was very, very close to me was a victim of gun violence in Philadelphia. And that's something that we've talked about on the show. So I was going through a couple of things um, that week. Um, but when I tell you, I talked to every single one of my friends, I reached out to pretty much all of my cousins, all of my family members in our group chat. Like I talked to people, I made sure I checked on people, people checked on me. Um, it was, it was still a good week. Like I still had a good week regardless. And I think that I'm at the place where, um, like my faith and my joy is not situational. Um, because again, like nothing or no one can take the joy from me because they didn't give it to me, right? So Since you didn't give me that joy, and preachy, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll Sarah, Sarah, run this, Sarah we'll uh, rubbing off on me, feeling preachy. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of my story, and I kind of feel like I'm rambling, but that no, you're was you're, you're talking good, you're talking good, daughter. That's what they say in church. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, I I did go through those things last week. Um, but again, I had a good Valentine's Day. It was really good. We. Um, with my girlfriends, we celebrated each other. We we just had a good old time, and I'm really really excited about next month. Um, and with Black in Therapy, and just you know, my friends and, and my family in general, how how we'll be celebrating the month of um, Women's History Month next month in March. But this month of love was good to me. I felt like I received so much love in in the month of February, and so much. Uh, we did do a history post, and we'll talk about that later. Um, Black history. Um, even my son's school, they did a lot for black history. So I still have a lot. Like I'm still, you know, I always look at the positive. So that's my story. I've, you know, I've been through some things in a couple of weeks, but you know, I'm still here. We still celebrating our small wins. We celebrating right now. <laughs> so tell us about your story, sis. So I had to look back at my notes because Donna had, Donna said that she, that I'm rubbing off on her with the whole preaching thing, but Donna is rubbing off on me with the whole taking notes. And, you know, when Donna went away, I thought that we just weren't going to record that one particular week when she first went away because our schedules conflicted um, before she left. But when she was stuck there, um, when I realized it was in a whole nother week, I had realized that I've made some notes from that prior week that I wanted to share. And one thing, uh, one of my mentors, I mean, a lot is going on, so I'm about to sound like it's about to be real random, but I'm just going to talk about my last two weeks. So um, one of my mentors hit me up, and she was like, you know, I got to apologize to you for what I said to you about your nose ring. Mm. And I was like, what you talking about? She was like, you know, we talked about it being a professional. She was like, but I saw this woman on The View, um, the lady that was, she wasn't the head of the um, impeachment trials, but she mm -hmm. was one of the people that were testifying or coordinating the impeachment for um, Trump. Mm -hmm. And she had a nose ring. She was on The View with a nose ring in her nose. And it wasn't... Was it a hoop or was you it have a stud? stud? I have a hoop in my nose right now. We started out with a stud, but I have a hoop in my nose now. She had a stud. Okay. But she was like, you know, I told you that it would be... I tried to cut, cut it on. I don't know if it's... She was like, I told you that it would be unprofessional, you know, with your, your nose ring or whatever. And she was like, I just want to apologize to you because, you know, when I saw her today, she was very professional and she was on The View and she also handled her business well um, during the impeachment trial. And I say, tell you all this story to say that, you know, there are times when we really have to be unapologetic about who we are mm -hmm. and what we want to represent, right? Um, and I, I will never 
you know, pretend to know the history around piercings and all those things in African culture, but I know what I like. Mm-hmm. And I know when I look in the mirror, I I feel a sense of pride, even more so. You have a stud, but now with the hoop in my nose, I feel a, a greater sense of pride mm-hmm. um, with my piercing. I don't I don't I don't ever apologize for my tattoos. If y'all know me, y'all know that I have a lot of tattoos. I have tattoos on my hands. I have tattoos, you know, not on my face, but I have tattoos um, a lot of places. But I don't apologize for that or my piercings. Um, and so to hear her come back and say, you know what, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Because you can carry yourself in a professional manner and still represent who you want to be. So I tell you all that story to say that, you know, we don't have to apologize no. for who we are. And walk in who you are and be right. unapologetic about it. Like, wear what you want to wear. You know, dress how you want to dress. Like, I I see no wrong in any of that. Mm-hmm. And and I look at my little sister. You look at Sydney like, you know, she is the prime example of expression. do what you want to do and express yourself. I love like, Sydney. And she often, like, motivates me to, like, do it. Like, mm-hmm. if this is what you want to wear, wear it. Right. Somebody told me today. her hair. Right. Somebody told me today, like, you dress like somebody that eats edibles. What? And whatever that no. meant. You know what I mean? Like. What does that mean? I'm, here I am, not here to debate with you about if I give you I eat edible vibes, then that's what you want to take from it. But I, I'm going to dress in how I feel right. comfortable what I think is stylish in my own head. You don't got to tell me I look cute or anything else because if I think I look cute when I look in the mirror, then I'm walking out the house with it and right. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to wear my Jordans that don't match my jacket, that don't match <laughs> my shirt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just who I am. Like, and I'm going to be unapologetic. And I think that it's very important that we don't compromise based on other people's opinions about what's right or wrong mm-hmm. to be who you are and walk in it. Right. It's one thing I learned over these past two weeks that she she definitely hit me up to apologize. And then I also wrote about me feeling like I was in a slump for a few, while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that stemmed from the fact that I needed a change in scenery. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't go to the... So a lot of you don't know, but I work for a state rep in Philadelphia. And so our office got shut down. And um, I wanted to go to the office, Donna. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to... I'm cool with being home. Like, I love mm-hmm. hopping up at 8.45 when I got a 9 o'clock Zoom. <laughs> you know what I mean? But sometimes you want the option to be able to go into the office and, like, be a professional. Like, you know what I mean? At some point. You know what I mean? And so, being as though we can't do that, it's kind of like I got stuck in a cycle of Groundhog Day almost. Like, all right, you know, Monday is this, Tuesday is this, Thursday is take out the trash. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a cycle of just mundane it was just like i don't want to do this anymore like i Mm -hmm. want something different so um i recognized it and i was like yo you gotta get out of this funk because there's other things that we have to do like you have to accomplish and you can't stay here that makes sense yeah and then last well before we talk about mr walt the last thing before we talk about mr walt is that um y'all know i kind of am in almost full-time entrepreneurship like my job the state rep is not full-time so when we think about like goals and like finances and money and all those things, like you have conversations with God, like God, you said, and I just want to tell you that God is really faithful to what he said. Mm-mm. And sometimes you really just have to see it through. And I think, I think what happens is that we don't have the faith or the pers- perseverance to see it through to the end. And we kind of give up in the middle when it gets hard or rough. But I think that if we, kind of endure and we have those conversations with God and kind of endure and trust God to see it through the end. God always comes through. God never fails. Never. And so even today it's like, 
got paid for my state rep job, and it's like, God, I also need this amount of money by this date, like mm-hmm. to be comfortable, to still, because when I told God before I quit my full time job is date, I don't want to struggle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in order for me not to dip into my savings, I need this amount of money, so I want to dip into my savings. Mm-hmm. And again, God never is fails. always on time and never fails. So that's a part of my story too, like to really, really, really trust God. And even the story I share, I don't think you saw the Donna. The story I shared about what Jamal Bryan said about walking with God and All the right. benefits of that relationship mm-hmm. um, is important. So if you don't have a relationship, I'm not here to preach. This is not my lane to preach in. But I'm just saying the benefits of walking with God are real. If I can sum it up, there are real benefits to having a relationship with God. So that's my story. I think I summed up everything I was feeling over the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about Mr. Walt. Let's try. So Donna was in Houston, um, still in Houston, and our classmate um, guy called me. And guy, you know, me when you're when your friends, your friends call you to, to shoot the stuff. I'm not right. gonna curse, like, but they call you to just talk. It was a Friday morning. I thought guy was going to call me just to do his normal spill, like sis, let me hold something. Like you know, I got the money, he got the money. We just go back and forth about who got more money, right? Guy really got more money, y'all, but it ain't, it ain't me. <laughs> Um, and so, but when I answered the phone, guy was crying and you know, if anybody knows me, like if y'all really know me, y'all know that prior to me going to grad school and learning how to deal with people who were crying, I was very uncomfortable with tears and people crying in front of me. I don't, I try my best not to cry in front of people. So when people prior to me going to grad school released their emotions, it was a very uncomfortable space for me. Um, so when God was crying, I was like, God, what's wrong? Because I've been taught how to deal with tears now, I've sat in front of clients who have cried, so I'm kind of better with tears. So I'm like, guy, what happened? Like, you know, what's what's going on? What's going on? And he like, Mr. Walt, he just kept saying, Mr. Walt, Mr. Walt, Mr. Walt. And I'm like, well, guy, what happened? And so we were in, Mr. Walt was our, was in our cohort um, with us for two years as we did our master's degree. And Mr. Walt passed away in November. So what happened was that, um, one of our other um, Lincoln grads who was not in our cohort called Guy and asked Guy, was, why was he not at the funeral? And Guy said, you know, pretty much that he didn't know that Mr. Wall had passed away. And so Guy hung up the phone with him and they called me. Um, again, I was devastated as well as Guy. And, and Nicole has been on our show before. So y'all know how our relationship has been Nicole. Nicole's almost like the mother goose or the mother hen, mm-hmm. right? Right? Like, you know, God might have felt like he can call me because I'm like the pastor. I got to call the pastor, right? Right. <laughs> but now the pastor needs somebody else, right? Right. Call, call mom. Right. So we got to call mom. So we called Nicole and we were just like kind of stunned. And I couldn't call Donna because I knew Donna was on a plane on her way back to Philly. And I didn't want, I really didn't want, I almost wish I could have blocked Donna from receiving the group chat text messages because I didn't want her to get up the plane and see that without talking to one of us first. Um, but y'all know the way technology works in group chats. It's, it's going to come through or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked to Nicole and we kind of like processed it and it was harder for us because Mr. Walt had been, you know, he had passed away in November. His funeral was in January and we just found out in February. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was really rough because if you know anything about our cohort, we are very close. Um, we still communicate. We still hang out with each other. Um, and we were wondering where Mr. Walt was. Right. And we stated it. Um, several times like why Mr. Walt not entering the right. group chat and all those things mm-hmm. and he's older so he doesn't he necessarily like we're calling him Mr. Walt he's done right he doesn't communicate with us in the way that like 
you know, we we group chat, us young millennials, back and forth and back and forth. But he'll he'll always pop in. He's always going to tell us when he got a new job. He's going to tell us any opportunities that he know of. And he, when like, I tell he you he's pop kind. In. And he, he yes. was so kind. And Mr. Walt, and I'm not trying to make him seem like he was just like this softy. Like, he was kind. He took his shots because we all right. took shots at each other. Mm-hmm. But Mr. Walt's shots, like... Donna's shot might have been direct. Nicole's shot might have been direct. My shot might have been direct. But Mr. Walt's shots was never direct. But it was like... Right, like... We you caught, know what you're talking like, about. We caught what you're saying. <laughs> and then his laugh was so unique that we kind of... I'll never forget his laugh. It wasn't mm-hmm. a normal laugh. It was like a... Like a... Right. So, um, I don't know. We yeah. got to do something to... To honor him for sure. And it, it was it was crazy for me because, like, literally... So we on this plane, and we on a small plane, because listen, I had to get back from Houston. Get me on a straight flight. I'm not taking no layovers, nothing. We on a straight flight. It's two two seats on each side, so I'm sitting next to somebody I don't know. You know, you land, you know, you take your airplane mode off. And I'm just like, 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 when you, and you know we wear a mask. So when you wear a mask and you wear it for a long time, sometimes when you get to a specific place, you feel like you could take... Like, you should be able to take your mask off. It's like, all right, I had this, this mask on for this whole plane ride. Once once the plane land, I feel like I wish I could have just took it off. But I couldn't. Then I got these messages. And mind you, I'm breathing. I got this mask on. Um, and then the tears. Like, I'm just like, like, this can't be true. Like, I just felt so overwhelmed. Especially feeling like. Like, you know, just popping up on your phone. Like, I can't talk to nobody right now. Like, you know how it is when the plane first lands. So, I definitely was in this, like, space of, like, I wish I could have been on those call- the calls. With, like, you know, to have mm-hmm. that, like, specific support. Because I didn't, I think I might have texted you, but I wasn't able to, like, actually talk to somebody. Like, it was just a lot. And then I'm sitting next to this stranger. She's probably like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not making noise or nothing, but, like, I'm trying to wipe the tears from getting on your mask. Because, you know, once your mask get wet, it's, like, over. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, is this, like, no, no way that this, and we didn't know that was the craziest part That was the hardest it. part. I think right, that was definitely hard. We would have been, we would have loved to, like, even support his family, like, and, mm-hmm. and, and granted, Mr. Walt was, um, we knew Mr. Walt had a wife, we knew about his kids, but it's like, he was, little, he he was, was older, private. he right. was older, I don't think it was that he was private, I think he was just older, like, mm-hmm. And it was just like, and I don't want y'all to think Mr. Walt was this old, old man. Mr. Walt probably was like in his late 40s, early 50s. He was 52-ish. I think okay. it was 52. So we're all in like our 20s and 30s. So like he's 52. So like Uncle Walt, Mr. Walt, like he mm-hmm. was that person. Right. Um, But he would, and what I told Donna is like, Mr. Walt was a very avid fisher. He would go out and fish a lot. And Mr. Walt, one thing Mr. Walt always told us that we can come to his house and have a cookout. Like he right. always was adamant about us coming up there sitting on his deck and having a cookout and just being with him and his family. And so I think we have to honor Mr. Walt in some way, have a fishing trip or do something like in his honor. Like we definitely went out and kind of, you know, because the the next day or that day, we just wanted to be around each other because we lost somebody. We Mm -hmm. lost like a unit, a part of our unit. Um, So, and neither of for you guys to be together. It was good, but it's like, we need that connection still. Like I need Mm -hmm. to be around y'all still. Like, um, because it's, when it gets quiet, I don't know how it is for you, but when it gets quiet, I think about Mr. Walt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's like a sad, like, if I ever get a still moment, it's like, damn, Mr. Walt not here. And I think I shared with you, like, it gave me some sense of comfort to wear my Lincoln stuff. Mm-hmm. And if y'all follow me on Instagram, I've been link- wearing my Lincoln, either my hat or my hoodie or something, Lincoln paraphernalia for the past couple of days because it just makes me feel connected to Mr. Walt. And maybe that's my way of grieving. 
Um, because I haven't really cried cried about it yet. Mm-hmm. But it's like I just want to feel connected to him and to us, like as a right. unit. Um, so you know, yeah, and maybe we'll get a little bit more of that tomorrow because we are supposed to be um, you know, having a little uh social distancing type of setup with our cohort tomorrow. So we should be able to you know process this a little bit more mm-hmm. with um the people that's going to be able to make it tomorrow to see us um and talk about this and just kind of go through the motions because we haven't seen we haven't seen every well i haven't seen people you saw them mm-hmm. um last week but i haven't seen anybody in a little while um so hopefully that'll be good for us too because grief is a thing and we've talked about grief before but you know, you have to go through that process and whatever that process is for, is for you, whether you're, you know, grieving someone super, super close to you or someone who, who you know, wasn't that close, but a loss is a loss, no matter mm-hmm. what it is, whether it's a person or a thing. Like, we're still grieving. Um, we're grieving him. And I think that even even in us about to be celebrating our Honor Society induction next week, um, That's which is thing that this one, week. Of the, yeah, one of the small wins that we're... It's not even a small one. Listen, it's, it's a, a big, big one. one. Like, it's a big one. <laughs> right. Because um, it was a lot of nights, and I and I was trying to figure out what I was going to post about it. And, you know, Donna's very private, and I'm very, like, I'm going to be Joe. I'm going to hype up everything that happens because it's an accomplishment. Like, I don't care. Like, I work for this. Like, I cry for this. Like, I was frustrated nights for this stuff. Like, and I think that, you know, there were moments definitely down there where I felt like I didn't want to do another paper. Like, I want to go to this. Remember, the prime example, I'll never forget, the Need a Baker concert. Right, I wanted to go to see Anita Baker. Mm-hmm. We had a, a paper doing Dr. Heath or something, and I'm just like, I don't want to do this paper. Like, I am mm-hmm. sick of this shit. I want to go. I want to enjoy myself, and I don't want to have to worry about doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And you know, but the conviction of it all, like, do you want to graduate or do you want to graduate with honors? Right. Do you want to graduate and just make it through, or do you want to, you know, you know, give it your best, give it your best it shot? Do you mm-hmm. want the Ice cream, or do you want the ice cream with the sprinkles? Right. And, like, so when you weigh that, you push through. Right. And so there were plenty of days where it was, like, I don't feel like doing this. I don't, my brain can't function the right Right. paper. I'm tired of this. (laughs) But, you did it, and you deserved it. And and we all did. So I think that our our induction ceremony that's coming up next week is definitely a big win for us. Um, Even though it's a year later. Um... I kind of feel like remember that, commercial, remember that commercial was like, it wasn't Christmas, but it felt like Christmas. It was like in July. No, you remember that? I don't watch TV. You know I watch TV. All right, well, but that's how I felt like about graduation. Like, it wasn't May 2020, but it felt like but it. it like, right, like, listen. And my banner still up in my house, and people are like, we ain't gonna take that in. I'm not, I'm though. I'm not. <laughs> At this point, they ain't gotta start running. I'm not, though. They ain't gotta start running for me to take it down. You mad if you see it. <laughs> Be like, whatever. Like, but I'm not, though. Right, and I definitely, um, Again, not a poster, not a let me tell you about these things I've done did. Except for that latest post on my Instagram. Listen, if y'all want to go to my Instagram and see this latest post, at Jay's Mommy, J-A-I-S-M-O-M-M-Y, okay? Because dropping the Instagram right Because now. I definitely posted it. Um, and I, I might get into it, but, you know, these big ones, I might start, you know, putting out there here and there. Um, you know, Dr. Z told us that we need to, that I needed to start doing it. And Documentation. I told her I would. I didn't tell her a date. So, you know, when I get there, I'm, I, slowly but surely. But, yes, we are definitely getting inducted um, next week into the Honor Society, finally. I mean, granted, I guess we was always a part of it, but we just didn't Clearly, we was inducted. a part of it. It was our, our um, card, say, 2020. Right. I'm about to say. They should have um, been random our stuff. Right. Run me my stuff. Um, and we have anticipated graduation date. So, 
We'll say. They letting people back in the Phillies game now. Are they? Yeah, so maybe we'll have Listen, to Listen, if I can invite five people to graduation, I like, need more than five. You know me. I know, but I'm, I'm just saying. A lot. Wait, what was the point? A lot. <laughs> How many people you anticipating at your graduation? A, A lot. lot. <laughs> Listen. Listen, I know pandemic is real. I know COVID is real. Shout out to everybody. These vaccines are real, too. The vaccines are real, too. Listen. And I'm getting vaccinated. And so, I don't want to talk about Donna needs some more time to process. But um, Shout out to all the people that's getting vaccinated. I'm currently... You know what what, what happened, Donna? And this this is just a sidebar tangent. Um, I had a conversation with the doctor today at the clinic that we're going to start doing the things with. Mm -hmm. And he just was like, you know, if we want this to end, you know, everybody needs to be responsible mm-hmm. and the lady starts talking about when polio was around mm-hmm. and she was like you could know when somebody had polio and she said and then there was a vaccine and once everybody began to get vaccinated she said it took some time don't think it was like 30 days and everybody was like oh, rock and roll mm-hmm. like she was like no it took some time but she said polio was eradicated and she said if we want to eradicate this if we want to get back to normal if we want to save lives and i'm talking about like people dying i don't mm-hmm. we're not going to die if we get covid down like i don't think we will die Unless it hit us like, I mean, we don't really, we got some issues, but we don't have no like, right. you know, I'm just saying like, but for the people who are very much will be affected, like we're talking about the elderly, mm-hmm. those who live by themselves, those who have pre-existing conditions and it just will lower hospital stays and will lower death. So like, listen, I, I support you being an advocate for the vaccine. Just do your part. And I am an, I'm an advocate for the people to get a vaccine who have done the research and has put in the work and has put in the time and effort. I'm just not there yet. And someone called me from my job the other day and asked me like, hey, are you still undecided or have you decided? No, I'm still undecided. Um, and, it's, and it's a choice. And that's not, right. we're not. Right. And I'm, I'm not against the vaccine. I'm not like, no, I ain't never get, I'm not that person that's never getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I'm just not there at this moment, at this time that they rolled it out at this point. I'm just not there yet. Um, and, and that's okay, too. Um, yeah. So, I'm just not there yet, but I definitely support people. And I think that's where education and just talking, like, having, like, right. open conversations, like, unrestricted conversation about it. Because you have reasons to, to doubt and to not mm-hmm. be sure. Right. Um, but I have reasons to not be sure. Right. Like, I don't know if it's going to affect me being able to have kids or anything else. Like, right. that. like that's my greatest fear. I don't fear anything else because, like... Whatever I get, I'm sure I can fight off. I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a sickly person. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, I definitely support it. Um, I support people getting the vaccine. Like, I support us getting part. back to being able Be, to get back to normal. And if right, whatever that looks like. But I think um, we're still gonna be wearing that mask for a minute. I yeah, and I don't mind wearing my mask for a minute because I don't trust these people out <laughs> here in these streets. Listen, I'm, I'm here for it all. I'm here for it all. I'm here for being safe. I trust me. I trust my family. I trust my friends. But it's mm-hmm. like, and I don't trust these other right. people. And, and it's not really, sometimes it's not even about the trust. It's literally like, no, it's trust it could me. be any, but it could be anything. People, you can get it I from going to trust, the store. You know what I don't trust? <laughs> Everybody be at these low-key Philadelphia strip clubs that be around. And Listen, I, just I be like, how you sway? be following to see this stuff. Yeah, but, but I just be like, how, sway? Like... <laughs> Like anything can bounce off the booty cheek, make it make yeah, sense. Yeah, like y'all don't care. Like even when we were out for um, what you call his birthday the other day, it was kind of like a mask up. Like I don't mm-hmm. trust y'all. Like right. I'm sorry. Like I'm not. I'm not that. And maybe that's why I need my vaccine so I can go out and be, be free be of free, free of praise of these functions. Because like I can't. Like when I'm your vaccine up. schedule? 
Like, I almost need a mask with, like, a straw holder in it because I don't want to pull my mask down to drink my beverage or eat my chicken wings and my shrimp. Like, <laughs> I cannot wish you. But listen, it's, it's the reality of the situation. But, yo, that was our, st- our story. We had a long story. We did. But it's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a dope beat. Except. <laughs> well, okay, Aaliyah. <laughs> okay, Aaliyah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um... I think that was it. That was our story. That's what we've been going through. I feel like that pretty much sums it up. Individually, what we've been going through. Together, um, what we've been going through. Before we see, I just want to shout out. Um, I didn't, Frank Smart was not my like. I'm not going to ever portray like we were close friends, but Frank Smart um, was definitely somebody that I looked up to and was definitely a preacher, a young preacher, a millennial preacher, um, and he was also a Q, and you know. If you know me, you know the connection to that. <laughs> so, um, he passed away from cancer. And when I tell y'all that he fought a fight of faith, like, I don't know if I, if, if y'all, and I'm not, I swear I'm not trying to be preachy right now, but if y'all ever, if y'all familiar with the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter, how it talks about the champions of faith, like, literally, if the Bible was to be rewrote today, like, Frank Smart would be in the champions of faith. And it talks about in, in that chapter about people having faith but not seeing what they were hoping for. Mm-hmm. And so for Frank, like, you were hoping for your healing. You were hoping to live. Um, but for whatever reason, God saw fit to take you home. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you, Donna, that he fought and lived every day with faith, mm-hmm. um, I can show you, like, videos and, and posts that he had. Um, and he probably knew that what the doctor said. Mm-hmm. Like, he had stage... He had cancer. He kind of low-key beat it, and then it came back full force, like mm-hmm. stage four all over his chest and everything else like that. But he fought those this last year. He fought. And maybe the doctor said six months or whatever they told him, but he fought through with whatever the time frame that he had, he fought mm-hmm. to the point where we believed that God was going to heal him. Mm-hmm. But what I believe is that, Donna, that even though God didn't heal him on this side of heaven, I know that he got his healing in heaven. Mm-hmm. So we still got to rejoice either way. Like either right. way is victory. Like whether right. God healed you in the, in, in the earthly realm and you got to live, that's victory. But you still got victory on the other side because we're living to live. We're here to live again. Right. And, um, and I say that to say this, like shout out to Frank for that. And his wife took very, 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 very good care of him down the Like, mm-hmm. like you talk about a caretaker, mm-hmm. like his wife was a freaking phenomenal caretaker. Like shout out to her. I think her name is, um, Jessica. Shout out to Jessica. But Zion had a breakdown about death the other day. He had a very, like, watching something about King Von or somebody, one of these rappers that overdosed. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell him, like, we are here on broad time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are passing through Donna. Like, we're here right. to just, like, literally get to heaven. So, like, this is not your home. Like, it's almost mm-hmm. like when we go on vacation. When you go to Houston, you come back. Like, <laughs> right. that's almost what it's like. And, like, I had to break it down to him like that because... Other religions don't fear death the way we fear death. Mm-hmm. And so they accept it very well. Even if you go to an Islamic funeral, they don't they, they don't cry mm-hmm. because their faith is so strong that where the person is is like that's where we're trying to get to. So why are you crying? Mm-hmm. I think for Christians we we're you know, we're just so emotional and it's like right. no, like we're living a little again. Like he right. got his promise, he got his mm-hmm. reward, like you know what I mean? And so you know, death can always be hard because it's permanent, but when we think about where the person is, you know. Right. So I still want to say that that was another piece of my story that has happened in the past two weeks. Um, Frank Smart went home to be with the Lord, and then Zion had that little um, emotional breakdown about death, and we had to explain to him what death was and mm-hmm. 
why he shouldn't be afraid of death because your promise is this right. mansions and streets paved the gold. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So that's our stories. Ooh, that was a good one. All right. Well, let's get ready for Don't Believe the Hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't, 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 don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe the hype. <laughs> don't believe the hype. <laughs> Donna, who you got this week for your uh, black history? Black, no, what do you call it? Because you you got a whole title for it. Let me oh, not I let me do. not address it. Because I'm gonna mess it up. It's like black in therapy history or something. What I say it. Let's talk black therapy history. Okay. Black therapy history. Okay. Um and not last week, but last, last, last week, whenever the last time we recorded, <laughs> we talked about um Miss Um Dr. Mamie Fitz Clark, um, who was Af- the first African American woman to receive a PhD from Columbia. Um, we talked about her last 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 week. Um, but this week we're gonna talk about um another doctor, Dr. Francis Sumner. Um, and again, we're still in the, the month of black history, we're still in the month of love. So we are gonna talk about um Dr. Francis Sumner, who was called the father of black psychology. Um, and he is basically known as being the first African American to receive a PhD in psychology. Um, and that was in 1920. Um, so they call him the father of black psychology um, because he was basically a leader in education and reform um, and areas um, to investigate basically how racism and bias theories kind of, how it affected the African-American community. So um, he is definitely someone who has paved the way for obviously so many black doctors and being the first person, um, the first African-American to receive a PhD is great. Um, I don't know if that's still Sarah's plan to receive her PhD. After I buy a house. <laughs> After she buy a house, she get her PhD. I'll hold her to it. Because um, she think I'm getting a PhD, but... No, you don't got to. Listen, honestly, like, once we get our LPC, says if you don't want to, you don't got to, but... When we first graduated, we was like, yeah, PhD. Yeah, but that's PhD. when I realized that your debt to income should not be but so much. Listen... And, if I want a house one day, I can't just be out here getting degrees and not a house in between somewhere. Listen, so this, once this I get my house, living, you gotta you gotta go by the American rules, and you can't go by you know your thirst or your yearning for education and for you know. Unfortunately, again, we live here, so we gotta we gotta do what we gotta do. Um, but yeah, so Doctor um, Francis Sumner again, he was the first African American to receive a PhD in psychology. Um, so we're going to honor him this week in our Black History Facts. Um, yeah, he did a lot of research on basically theories that you, that basically the ending of his, his, um, his research said that, um, African Americans and their, their inferior, I don't even like saying it, but it's like, we're not inferior. We know we're not inferior, but. Basically, the the racism and biases basically contributes to us our inferior quotation mark these air quotation marks um, of African Americans, um, and we know we're not inferior. But again, this is back in nineteen twenty when he graduated, <laughs> so um, a hundred years ago at this point. So um, yeah, we honor Dr. Francis um, this Francis Sumner this week. 
So yeah, that's our Black History Fact of the Week. Hopefully y'all, the we out here making history. Listen, making history, and definitely check back. Um, that is um also uploaded on our Instagram, um, Black and Therapy Podcast, and for the month of. March. I haven't figured out exactly what I'm thinking about, but I'm Donna is like our social media person. I'm trying to like low key, <laughs> but I low key push it on her. But I high key hate social media. Like I have but such I a low love. key push it on. Her. Like why don't you post that? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I like I'm, I have I, a love hate relationship like, with pers- social media. Specifically, step back from the stuff because like you post that. Mm, well, we'll see what we're gonna do for the month of um March. Um, also, um, this week was. I want to say, I'm not sure the exact dates, but I know it was like February 22nd, maybe to the, yeah, the week we're in is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Um, And I don't know about you specifically how much you've dealt with it, but I actually currently deal with a client who um, suffers from an eating disorder um, and she constantly throws up her food. Um... And she, she has a, a slew of other issues, but um, it was kind of close to me because this is one of my clients who I was working with while I was in Houston, while I was away, um, still, you know, available to resources and trying to help her while we're in the pandemic. Um, and she's suffering from eating disorder, whereas though she will throw up her meals, um, all of them, but, or some of them. Um, so I've been doing a lot of research this week on um, eating disorders um, and, and the unspecified ones too because we talk about like, you know, bulimia and um, things that, you know, we know of, but there are some unspecified ones too where um, clients do different things that isn't specific to one, specific, you know, anorexia or bulimia or something that we know of, but um, I dealt with that without, while I wasn't used to too. Um, so yeah, it is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week right now as well so let's add it to our fact okay um our education piece this month but yeah that's all i got but um that was a lot i'm, I'm happy with your segment okay. <laughs> no, research queen over here listen yeah y'all don't y'all think donna didn't get us through grad school but she did her organization and research skills oh, oh you know i like I'm to saying. hear i like to hear the recognition because they well, try to act stop. like <laughs> they try to act like I wasn't out here researching. Oh, you are, you are. I was looking at a post the other day and it was like, we argued so much this week. I was like reflecting on her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we did argue a lot um, about school. Dumb stuff, probably. School, it was projects. It wasn't personal. It was business. It was okay. business. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we are. Um, so, our next segment. Your favorite truth is. Sarah, don't <laughs> even start. Tell us about your truth this week because I know you got a good one. Oh, y'all. My truth this week is deep because I need to forgive people. I don't have a forgiving spirit. And y'all know why I don't have a forgiving, like, it's not in me. And I was talking to my best friend about this. And I was like, because I will feel like a nut when I forgive people. A nut? A nut. What a, is the nut? What nut. is the nut? Like, you're a nut. Like, this person did this to you and you like you, like you, Like, you're lesser than, you're weak, Like, I'm strong. lesser than who I really am. Like, I'm forgiving you and you did that to me. I'm a nut. Hmm. So... I've been praying about it. Don't think that I have not been working on this. I've been started a devotion about forgiveness. I've been mm-hmm. praying about forgiveness. 
And last night, um, I don't want to be churchy. I feel like we've been talking about God a lot. On Listen, this at this podcast. point, this is that's the title of this episode. <laughs> I don't want to be churchy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but I there is one a prophet, one prophet, and when I say prophet, those are people who hear from God and can tell you about your life and your future. Almost like a psychic, but operating from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and one prophet that I will forever believe in because he has told me stuff about myself that in no way you can know that. Anyway, last night I minded my business, I get on Facebook, and he's live. And so he's asking people to write their names in their state city so that he can give them a word. You know me, Donna. I am not doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, don't read my life. Don't say nothing about me. And y'all, I don't need you to fix my life. Like, I don't, 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 don't bring the light, <laughs> shine a light on them. Don't. No. <laughs> right? Um, but he's very, he's always, like, even when I have been in, like, his presence physically, I've always not wanted to be read or to, to get a word from him. But he's always come out my direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so I didn't write anything. I just was listening last night. And this lady got on and was like, I want a word. And so he gave her a word. And when I tell you this, the only prophet I trust, Prophet Copeland, out of Texas. And he started talking about forgiveness. And he was like, you need to forgive. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to forgive people um, so that your blessings can flow. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there are blessings that really God has like right here in his hand that he wants to give you. But until you forgive people, he can't release it to you. And so I caught on to it because it's like, I know that there are people that, and we talked about this, and I don't want to name names, but there are people that I have to forgive in order to move on from with my life. So I'm trying to um, specifically work through forgiveness mm-hmm. um, because I want to be able to live, not only just live and get the blessings that God has for me, but live in a space where I don't hold on that, to that weight of unforgiveness. And mm-hmm. also I want to operate in the spirit of like, Forgiveness, like, Freedom. okay, you got right. it. You mm-hmm. got it. Like, right. I want to choose to forgive. I want to choose to be okay with the things that people do. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you did it. Like, that's that's how I want to live. But there is a pride piece of me that keeps me from forgiving because I feel like if I let you slide with it, then I'm a nut. Mm-hmm. And some, the goofy shit that people do to you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the goofy stuff. Like, right. why you do that? Like, right. I'm not goofy like that. I don't do that stuff to you. Um, I, It bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, But I do want to forgive. I do want to operate right. in that spirit of, like, where I'm choosing to love you. Because at the end of the day, Donna, God loves me. Like, right. at the and end of the day, in the beginning of the morning, the goofy stuff I do, that goofy, sins against God... He forgives me, and it's like, I want to operate in that same forgiveness. So what I have been doing, Donna, is that I have been um, saying the Lord's Prayer every day. Mm-hmm. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass, trespass against, against us. us. Honey. And I have really been literally focusing on that because, God, you have forgiven me for some of the stupidest things that I've done. And help me to forgive people that do the same stupid stuff to me. Right. Um, I, I'm, so I'm doing that. I'm doing a devotional forgiveness. I'm reading my parables for Lent. Like I am dying when I'm telling you I'm trying. Like, so don't think that I'm just out here. Listen, like, I believe you. If it's anything, like, I believe you. I'm trying to operate in that space of forgiveness. And that's mm-hmm. my truth. Like I am trying to choose love. I'm trying to choose patience. I'm trying to choose freedom and just like people in grace. I'm trying to, I'm trying to choose grace over mm-hmm anger and why did you do it mm-hmm. i'm trying to my best friend was like find ways to forgive today 
find some ways to forgive. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've been trying to live my life. So that's my truth. I need to forgive people. Mm-hmm. And I have a date. I told you we got a lunch date. I don't know when it's coming, but one of my mentors that I need to mm-hmm. mend our situation. And there's a few other people that I probably mm-hmm. I'm not probably. I know I need to like speak my truth and let them speak their truth and then right. mend that relationship. So yeah. I'm working on that. Right. Well, you know I support you in all of that. Yeah. Um. I feel like every time Sarah has a thing, I'm like, well, let me know what you need. <laughs> she'll never tell me, but you know. I feel like she'll be telling me, but then it would be like, oh, all right, we got to do this. And I'll be like, oh, okay. I'm like, all right, like, whatever you need, let me know. Or she'll call me like, all right, like, listen to this. But listen, whatever it is, whatever you need, however I can support you in that, in that realm of forgiveness, because um, I'm not, I'm not the most forgiving person in all of America. However, I feel like I definitely... I let people be who they are and I I kind of just don't hold it and it kind of goes into to my truth and, and feeling like, um, cause you, and I don't know if this is true for you, but maybe the for, like not forgiving people might, might have hold you to like maybe side eye them or fill a, fill away or maybe, you know, hold some type of something in your heart for a person. Um, but for me and, and my um, truth this week um, and it's something that I said earlier it's kind of like a two-in-one but is that um one and I post this on my post y'all the one post that I got is that authentic authenticity fuels my happiness and I think like being me fuels me being happy right and also I said earlier you can't take my joy because you didn't give it to me right um so, so again, we've, we've gone through so much this week, right? It's just like, this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And it's like, I still feel my happiness. I still feel my joy. Why? Because I'm true to me. Because if something happens, I process it. I grieve it. I go through the motions. I talk to whoever I need to talk to. Um, I say to myself if I need to. Like, I'm true to what I need to do to, to forgive or to forget or to get through things or to process things. I'm real and true to myself and, and what I need to do. Um, to get through or to handle that process of whatever I'm going through, whether it's grief or whether it's, you know, whatever situation that's happening. So because I'm true to me, like my happiness doesn't falter. Like, again, no one can take the joy from me because they didn't give it to me. So it's like, I'm still going to be happy with whatever the situation or whatever the outcome is. Why? Because my joy comes from God. My joy comes from within. It comes from me being real to me. And it's not Anything that anyone has given to me or provided for me, um, it's always going to be me, and um, and that's my truth this week. And I think I've I might have said this to a few people who um, I had maybe a little issue with. Um, but again, be true to yourself. And I think that um, I do well with kind of like getting over stuff and maybe forgiving people or like not holding grudges because I just know that there's always going to be, um, like, my joy, my happiness, the things that I want, the things that I'm going after, it's always within me. And, I mean, I know it takes a village, and I always have those people that support me, but, like, if, if a person or if something doesn't support me and who I am and who I am to myself, my truth, then I'm fine with that. Um, and this week specifically, um, 
I think I, I reflected a lot on that while I was in Houston. I reflect, reflected a lot on that while I was intentionally pouring out love to people while I was in Houston. So, like, it was Valentine's Day, and I was with my girlfriends, and I'm, like, you know, they brought gifts. When I t- my friends brought gifts. Gifts, honey, okay? Mm-hmm. They brought gifts, to, And I'm talking about, like, a gift bag with gifts in it. Um, and, and I love my friends. Shout out to everybody that I was stuck in Houston with. <laughs> Um, Whitley, Octavia, and Kendra, shout out to y'all, um, I love y'all, um, I just, I did a lot of reflecting on that while I was in Houston, and again, like, my authenticity fuels my happiness, okay, being true to who I am, what I want, um, my friends, my people, um, I, I think one thing you touched on, though, that was kind of, like, an eye-opener for me was that, like, you, you were telling me that I'm connected to more people, mm-hmm. so more people kind of influence I don't want to say my happiness, but my space. Mm-hmm. And I think the part of it is that when you trust people to handle situations correctly or the way you would and they don't, mm-hmm. I think that's where the, you know, right. And this is across the board. This is not just like specifically for one instance. I'm just saying like, I've had the same friends for years and we're just, mm-hmm. you know, loyal to each other. Even when right. me and you had our little issue, like we were able to come together and talk mm-hmm. about what, you know, was the, was the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like sometimes people don't have that same regard. And that's what bothers me. It's not like... I, I get people are going to be people. Like, mm-hmm. I get that whole thing. Like, we're going to make choices. We're going to be people. Like, I might do stuff for you that you hate. Like, I was mm-hmm. late today. Like, my phone died. You had no way of communicating with me today. Right. For about, what, 20 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. and that was... But my... Again, my thinking is that... Because you was like, why you just didn't go home and get the stuff and come right. back? But my thinking was, Donna can't contact me. She has no idea where I'm at right now. I don't know where her mind state is. Mm-hmm. Let me go to Donna first, and I can go get the stuff since my right. phone died. Like because I, you right. know, you probably walked. In, you probably walked into me laughing like, oh, she yeah, you, she was fine, right? I didn't care that I was like, okay. But I'm always thinking about how things affect others. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what I mean? and it could be the therapist in me, it could be the preacher in me, it could be right. the caretaker. You are. It just could be me. But it's like I'm always worried about how things affect other people. So when people don't worry about how things affect me, I think that's where mm-hmm. the disconnect happens. Right. And sometimes um, you have to teach people those things because um, I saw a post, and y'all know how much I don't really get, I have a love-hate for social media, but I saw a post that basically said, like, if I'm, if you love me and you see, basically you see something in me that I can work on or whatever, like, tell me. Like, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's all about, like, how you say stuff to people or, you know, maybe in that instance, maybe you shouldn't talk about it, like, right then and there. But, like, if you feel like people can love you better or people mm-hmm. can handle you better, let people know, especially if you care for that relationship and you know that that is something that's sacred to you. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let me tell you how I would rather this situation go. Mm-hmm. You know, let me tell you how I would rather you deal with me if this situation happened to pop and that's up that's you did. Mm-hmm, Right. Um, so, like, sometimes you have to let people know, and for you, again, I feel like I'm, again, I'm a more private person, I have more of a small circle, um, but you're constantly, you know, (laughs) I feel like when I first, when me and Sarah first started being friends, side note, y'all, one of her friends from college was like, you always picking up people, like, you always adopting dogs or something, um, Kim. Oh, Kim is, Kim was like, you always picking up people, and I'm Kim, she's a mess. I'm like, shout out to Dr. Ebony though, but she's a mess. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I don't know what she meant, but now, two years, two, three years later, you're my friend. You can see it. I'm like, okay, you be picking up people. Sarah has this like, 
Like people would just gravitate towards her, and she will Kevin's pick them up. Dead ignorant for saying that. She will pick. She is. She will pick them up, and and I think that that's why you have so many people around you. And then it's like, oh, but when situations occur, you expect them to do certain things. But again, just just let people know. Sometimes it's just like let them know. Like this is how um, I would rather you deal with me. Right, like right. or this is how I would like. For things to go. I mean, and granted, they can say yes or no, but just to have that dialogue, to have that yeah, conversation. Right. You know what I'm saying? To give like, them the space like, to say yes or no. Right. Give them the space to, instead of kind of like being so frustrated with their choice, like just let them know like that's not how, and, and sometimes I think it can be so offensive to say that's not how I would deal with it because it's kind of like we ain't each other, but you know, this is how I, I would rather you deal with me. Okay. You know what I'm Help saying? Help me out. Give Listen. me some therapy right now because you know, <laughs> the last time I got into it, it was like a, that's not what I would do to you. Right, I wouldn't do that to you. I right? wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to you. And that's. I feel like that's what we do. We do that. I wouldn't do that to you. But at the same time, it's just like tell people like listen, how love language. You gonna tell your man how to love okay. you, right? You gonna tell him how to love you. You gonna tell him okay. where to put it. You. I mean, oh, okay. Jasmine, <laughs> help yourself. <laughs> you gonna tell your man how to love you, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but you gotta tell your friends how to keep, like you know you gotta tell okay. your friends your mentors you gotta tell people around you how to deal with you in certain situations too especially when like certain things you would never know it, it may or may not ever come up but then when it you know it could be 10 years down the line it's like dang this just popped up out of nowhere right this person doesn't know how to deal with me in that situation so right. that's what i encourage our listeners to do that's what i encourage obviously you to do in those situations like tell people how to so how reframe to it reframe, reframe it don't tell them what you would do in a situation tell right. people how right. to treat you right like i would have preferred if you would have did it this way or did this for me right exactly okay. because based on our friendship based on our relationship it's not because that's when good. you say i wouldn't it's kind of like a word it because i you know you're right. not your friend Right. I was just like, cause I, because I also feel like if I, so here's my feeling with it. And I hear what you're saying. I want people to follow exactly what you're saying. But my feeling was that if I don't do that to you, then why do that to me? Like mm-hmm. mirror, like I was on some shit, like right. mirror, mirror what I do for you. Right. But that's not, that's not, that's how, not how people work. Yeah. That's not how love languages work. That's not how yeah, communication languages work. Because I feel like even in friendship, I feel like I... I'm a friend to people in different ways than they are friends to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you probably think about that too. And I kind of feel like that could be, let me make that note for us to talk about well, in another episode. Well, saying. Um, like how people are friends to you. Like certain friends, they know that they can call me at any time and be like, oh, I know, I know Donna would be down for this. I know that if I call Donna for whatever the situation is, like she going, she going to be able to support me to, to do whatever it is. Right. Some people are not going to maybe have the time or whatever to show up to like an event or something. If my friends call me for an event, a birthday, a celebration, whatever it is, I'm showing up for my friends, right? So that's one thing that I feel like I, I'm always showing up. Like if you have something, I'm going to be there, right? And that's where I, I but, felt I had a damn mm-hmm. about that because I didn't always show up because I just like... Sometimes I feel like I your couldn't. friends made I a couldn't. comment... Yeah, I met some of your friends. Your friends definitely made a comment that yeah. Sarah may, may or may not show up. But that's but now see, I'm, that's how I'm, I am. But now I'm more of a making more of a conscious effort because life is very short. Right. And I, I make it a conscious effort. Like even on Tuesday at Trisha's birthday, like I had an event to do that mm-hmm. same time, but like I made a conscious effort to be there for Trisha. Right. Um, and to and to show up more for my friends because mm-hmm. I want people to because we're all doing amazing stuff stuff. So I mm-hmm. want people to celebrate 
with me right. and with each other. So yeah, right. I'm and making I mean, a better conversation. Right, but sometimes maybe it's something that you just can't do because today or tomorrow, maybe you know, Dare to Hope is going so much further than you ever, ever, ever imagined, and you don't have that time. But guess what Sarah gonna do? Sarah gonna cash up you fifteen dollars for lunch <laughs> because you're stuck in Houston. Like Sarah, Sarah gonna do something. Like I feel like certain people do certain things um, to to show their effort, to show their appreciation, like. I make sure that I try to reach out to my friends on certain, like, you know, my friends that just have babies and in, in COVID and stuff like that. Like, I think that certain people do certain things, mm-hmm. but you can't, it's just because yeah, you show so your, you just because you show your love in a certain way, right, right. don't mean that that person is going to show their love in, in that same way, right? Because right? certain things, like, I don't do. Certain things I don't do, certain things other people don't do in response to me, but I know how people are going to show up for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's physically excuse me, whether it's financially, whether it's just a call, a text message, a FaceTime, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, I know that, I know how certain people are going to support me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even friends from, like, grade school, like, I know if I got something going on, I could call um, my friends from grade school and say, hey, repost this, do mm-hmm. this. Granted, we might not have saw each other in three or four years, but guess what? That's how they're going to support me. And, you know and I think saying? to understand roles of people, like, and to not put the expectation on people and just understand, like, this might just be where they are in life. But I, to your point, everybody plays a different part. Like, the other day I was on Instagram posting away, minding my business, posting on my story. Post, 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 post. And when my friends hit me up, they know I'm taking my test soon. Because you don't mm-hmm. know the date. She don't know the date either. She just don't take my test soon. Um, she's like, but is you studying? And it's like, you know, those, like, mm-hmm. me and this, me and Sabrina don't hang out. Like, right. we don't go out and have drinks. I don't go to her house and chill. Mm-hmm. But we went to Bloomsburg together, college together, but there's not like a, you know, that's my sis, but there's not like a, mm-hmm. a hang out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying I wouldn't ever hang out mm-hmm. with her. I'm saying we don't. That's the relationship y'all the relationship have. Right. But it's like for her to check me, like, right. but you said you got this test coming up. So is you, I see you posting this, mm-hmm. but is you study? Right. You know what I mean? So I think to to be able to to decompartmentalize or put people in different categories of right. how they're going how to love are you. Are they going to show up? Right. How, how are they going to love me? Like mm-hmm. that's her way of loving me. My way of loving her is that when she does her, you know, support groups and her things, I'm right there with her. I'm reposting. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I am encouraging her. I'm like, yo, you need mm-hmm. my assistance? Like what you need? Right. I'm not charging her up. I'm not doing all those mm-hmm. things that, you know, other people would do because right. I'm her friend. So I think to your point that, you know, friends play roles. Right, for sure. And we gotta be okay with it. I don't think I would call Donna on a late night because Donna cuts her phone off. <laughs> so now, you know what I mean? If I was in an emergency, Donna wouldn't be the person I call. But I know that Donna would be like, "Sis, you, what you need right. now? Like, right. I'm up. Like, hello, I'm up. What you need now? Right. Like, where you need me to be right now? So I know that she might not be my nine one one emergency contact, but she is definitely somebody that would bring up the rear and be like, "But what can I do right now in the moment?" Right. So, y'all know your friends. For sure. So I hear you when it done. Alright, so we done. Do we we do have a session. So somebody said, What can I do as a parent before I take my child to therapy? Hold on, I'm sorry y'all, because I have to for my production and my engineering, I need to separate the segments. So let's get ready for our two minute sessions. Donna, if I'm a parent, what can I do before I send my child to therapy? 
Mm. Or can I prevent my child from going to therapy as a parent? Mm. I think those are definitely two separate things. So let me just say, um, let me just say this about preparing or what to do before you take your child to therapy because um, I took my my child to therapy. Jaden went to therapy um, for a little bit when he was having issues with school and he was having panic attacks about going into school and this was when he was this was years ago Jaden's in the sixth grade now and this is when he was in kindergarten or first grade uh, one of the two um so in preparation for that I would and, and my child still needs this to this day <laughs> listen I do this thing where I prepare my child for something like I don't just like okay boom it's time to go we're leaving in 10 minutes we're leaving in 15 minutes at this time um, you had this much more, these many more minutes left. And I think those are things that even in school that, you know, teachers do for the kids. Um, letting them know what's going to happen. Don't just hit them with the, okay, it's time for bed. Mm-hmm. You know, I let my son know, like, it's wind down time. You got, you know, 30 more minutes here or, you know, get ready for this. Um, and I allow him that time because we need that time. Even when you put a wake-up call on your phone or um, asleep, asleep on, because y'all know I got to sleep on my phone. Do not disturb. Because sis will not answer. Will not. Um, it gives me a wind- 12 o'clock in the <laughs> <laughs> It gives me a wind-down time. Like, you know, prepare yourself for, for that wind-down. Um, so I think you have to prepare a child to, to let them know where they're going, right? So, um... And it depends on the age of the child. My child is 12, maybe if a six-year-old, maybe a little bit different. Um, and, and a lot of times in six year, you know, if you're six, you might do a lot of play therapy type of things. Um, but just just normalize it for this child. Normalize that just like they go to the dentist and just like they go to the doctor, normalize it for the child. So my one tip would be again to normalize it for the child. You go to the dentist this day, every six months, you go to the doctors every year. Um, whatever else, you know, you take your child to, they go to swim every, normalize it as, as, as it's in their schedule, right? Put it in their schedule as normal. You're going to talk to Mr. or Miss so-and-so, um, normalize therapy to that child. Um, because if it's a child, it's going to be, it's going to be normal for them for the most part. They're going to talk through it. Um, they're going to play, they're going to probably more than likely maybe enjoy some things about therapy because, um, that's kind of how child therapists pull things out of kids is making sure that they're comfortable, right? Um, so normalize it, one. Um, and two, prepare them for that. Let them know that this is what we're going to do um, at this time, at this day, depending on how old, or, how old they are and if they, you know, understand the concept of days of the weeks, times of the days. This is what we do at this time. This is what we do. This is what's going to happen. You have this much more time to prepare, um, or to get ready, you know, they get themselves dressed or however. Um, so those are my two tips. Um, what about you, Sarah? What do you think um, to, to prepare a child for therapy? I think that's just what you said, like talking, communication. Like, what is it going to be? What is it going to seem like? You know, getting to the therapist early, whether it's virtual or not virtual. Like, getting there early so that the child has time to, like, look around. The same thing that you want to do, like your kids want to do. They want to be familiar with where they are. Like, they want to be able to settle in. Like, it shouldn't just be a rush. Like, oh, hurry up. You got to get on this computer in five minutes. Like, it shouldn't be a rush. Like, prepare them um, and talk. Have as many, you know, unrestricted conversations about therapy and their mental health as you can. 
I think that's very important. Like, in in Sedona's point, the same thing you need these kids and like stop mm-hmm. looking at kids as being separate from the human beings. Like, right? They need the same stuff. <laughs> right? They going through the they throwing through the pandemic right. as little people. They going through school withdrawal just like we going through. Well, we not going through work withdrawal, but y'all know what I'm saying. I mean, I was going through work withdrawal because I, I mean, wanted to yeah. go to the office. Like, right. I'm tired. I'm tired of like. <laughs> Being in, in your Being office. Office. office in my room or my room. Like, I'm just tired. Like, yeah. We coming up on a year. year. about to be a year. Like, I am, I want to go to the office. And I, and I might regret saying it when I have to go to the office every, you know, whatever. I don't work every day. I will never work every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know what I mean? So, but treat your children as if you honestly would want to be treated. You know what you need when you go into a new space, a new environment that you're unfamiliar with. You need to get comfortable. You need to look around. You need to assess the situation. Just like the kids need to, so right. That would be my advice. But the second part of the question is: Can a parent prevent therapy? Mm, it's funny. I because, don't have kids, so that's why I'm like throwing that question to you. I see a lot of posts that say like, "I'm gonna heal from my trauma, so my child won't have to." Mm, unfortunately, tr- trauma doesn't always and doesn't solely work from a parent to a child. First of all, a child has two parents. So granted, you can get married, have the happily, happily ever after, and that your significant other, but you have no idea their family history. I mean, well, you could have, in a perfect world, which are you going to vet your significant other that much to know their, um, their family history and mental health, um, who they are in regards to their, um, you know, as therapists, we, we obviously wouldn't date or marry a person who was against mental health or against therapy or against you know those types of things but i've seen situations where mom is taking kids to therapy dad is not showing up how did that court with, the child? with a, a parent that you know was totally against it like right it was a joke right but now i think as millennials as this new you know mental health era of being so much more aware people it's like i'm gonna you know they don't have children because obviously i do and you don't so people are are more so thinking I'm going to do all the things that I can do to heal myself and treat myself so my kids don't have to. Unfortunately, it doesn't necessarily always work like that. No matter how well you work on yourself and even in your significant other, um, your kid can go outside and even if you live in a good neighborhood, you can prevent them from seeing crime. You can prevent all of those things. Kids go to school. Kids have access to media. um, And then even if they're sheltered, what trauma is that? Like Mm -hmm. trauma is not just um, you know, we live in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, where, you know, we got however many murders and, you know, uh, people are still in robbing. You gotta, you know, we, we live in a place where trauma is just kind of there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't and you, you know, you get rid of all of that, if you get rid of all of those things and you shelter your child, you can't, you can't prevent a traumatic experience from happening to your child. They could break their knee. They can they can sprain they, they can sprain something. They, they, they frank and die. They, they, they frank and die. Their grandparents can die. Like anything can be trauma. That is you can trauma. die. <laughs> Listen, it, it could be so right. So you can't prevent your child from needing therapy. That's my that's my answer to that. Basically, you can't prevent your child from needing therapy. Um, maybe you can lessen the risk, lessen the risk factors. Um, th- those are things that you obviously can do, but you cannot. You can't change the situation. Like, your, your kid is, is their own person. Mm-hmm. So you can't ever um, make all of the factors around them um, perfect to where they won't um, experience any trauma. That's, that's, that's impossible. 
right, well, that's y'all answer because I don't have kids, so I can't, <laughs> I can't speak to it. I mean, you treat kids, you talk I to do kids, treat kids, you but talk it's to different from being a teenager. Like, I, I don't think that was from a parental perspective. That was just from just like mm, you have kids, like you have, have, have a child. I have a child. It, it, right. it, it, it definitely from a parental perspective. I mean. Listen, I don't think there's anything you can do to prevent a child from needing therapy. I think that, you know, from my from my professional opinion, everybody needs to sit on the couch. Like, mm-hmm. all of us. Like, whether right. we have an issue or not. Like, because there are things that are in family dynamics that are just family dynamics. And it's right. like, it doesn't necessarily mean trauma, but it's just family dynamics. So, like, you need to talk about these things. And right. I think that there is it, there are things that are tough to talk about with people that you love because you don't want to hurt feelings. But when you come and speak to somebody that from, from an objective position, it doesn't, you know have ties to either one or loyalty to the either person, we could talk about these things in the open. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know, therapy is for everybody in life. Right. Could you, prevent. could you have prevented your child from going no. through a pandemic? Absolutely no. not. Can't. That's not nothing right. that can't anybody prevent can prevent it. it. It's nothing you could do or not do or not do that would stop your child from needing therapy. And I think that honestly, like, everybody should go talk to a therapist because therapy is dope. It's the bottom line. And that's on period. <laughs> and that's on period. <laughs> um, but that's our show for today. Yes, that was a good one. It was. We, we ran our mouth for a little while. Ooh. We don't um, normally talk this long, but it's just us too. Um, but Donna, you have a feel good song of the week. Ooh, you did I get it? I remember it because I knew you would forget. Shout out to you for remembering because I had it. I held on to it. Like, you know, sometimes right. you got to hold on. We get older. I got to hold on to it. <laughs> um, but Donna had the sh- had a um, feel good song um, the last time we recorded it. I had a feel good song, so Donna let me play my feel good song. So this week is Donna's feel good song. You gotta be who's about. I don't know. know. Okay. Um, well, I can sing it for you. Sorry. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't, I ain't gonna sing it. But, um, while we're looking for it, y'all know to follow us on all the platforms. Uh, is it Black, by Desiree? It is by Black, Desiree. Right? Black it? and Therapy. Yeah. Black and Therapy podcast on Instagram. Um, make sure y'all download our podcast, subscribe to it, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Um, you know, all, all that things. jazz. Yes. So, I feel this song of the week is You Gotta Be by Desiree. Uh, Donna, thank you. Say your little piece, your little spill. I'm out, y'all. I, I said all I had to <laughs> say today, honey. Sorry if y'all heard me chewing my gum, but listen, this was a good episode. We on episode number. But if you know, rock out, sis. Four. I got it on the. It's, it's definitely stated on the um, Apple podcast, but I don't know. I want to say we on. This might be four. Episode season two, episode four. I think it might be three. Just three. Um. I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. I definitely don't know. I ain't even. All right, we're here. Her. We out here. Either, <laughs> we out here. Right. Um. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you for our supporters. Um, we are going to change it up very soon. We we have visions and dreams and people that are pulling strings for us in the background um, that are, you know, that definitely have our back. So we're appreciative of those people um, who will get us to the next level. So I feel the song of the week is You Gotta Be By Desiree. We'll be, we, we will be back. We will. We will be back next week. Um, next week. And we're going to record. Donna's not going out of town. I'm not doing no major events. So... We will be back. Um, So, yeah, that's it. Thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all have a dope week on purpose. See y'all. Go ahead and release your fears. My, oh, my. Eh, eh, eh.
together. 